Hey, it's good to be back with you guys. Um, was gone, I think, last week and then was sick a couple days and things like that. Um, we jumped into a brand new series called From the Heart. And uh, just a quick plug. Um, you're going to get to hear from some different folks that come here to this community. Like we heard from Desmond last week. Did he do a great job? Oh, wow. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I haven't listened to his message yet, but I did see his notes and uh, looked pretty awesome. So I'm going to get to hear that message as soon as it's put up on our podcast. And uh, by the way, we do have a podcast. Um, it's called Young Adults Messages. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And it's mainly just so that, you know, when we jump into these series, you guys can kind of keep up in case you're not able to come every week. I know life gets really busy, um, but we try to upload those as much as we possibly can and, and keep you up to speed with the different series. So um, excited for that. Tonight, I wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of an, a life update. And then from that life update, talk a little bit about um, something from my heart. And um, yeah, so let's jump into it. Um, tonight, I, I wanted to kind of call this, oh, and I never finished my, uh, my, uh, my plug there. Hey, if you want to get up here and share, okay, now's your chance. That's the whole point of this is that I want to get to hear from you guys. Because the chance is, is that if, if God is burdening your heart with something specific, if he's saying, Jacob, you need to be thinking about this and he's really burdening your heart for it, chances are somebody else here is experiencing the same thing, going through the same thing, and they would be encouraged to know that, hey, I'm not alone in this, right? So many times we feel alone in some of the battles that we're facing and things like that. And, and I just think that this is a great opportunity to be able to encourage each other and, uh, and grow as a community. And we get to hear from your heart what God's doing in your life. And so if that's something you're interested in, you know, we could set it up anywhere from like, you know, you could do your own message or we could do an interview or we could do a testimony, whatever you want. I would love to hear from you. I know other folks here would love to hear from you as well. So um, tonight, like I said, it's just going to be a quick life update. For me, we've had a ton of stuff going on, and then we'll jump into just a short, um, a short, just a really kind of a devotional or kind of a thought that I want you to be chewing on um, as you guys go about life, because it's something that is uh, really fresh in my life. So, um, gosh, like a couple months ago, Jessa and I, maybe it's longer than that. Jessa and I were grieving the fact that we were told that we couldn't really, just as my wife, um, we were grieving the fact that we were told we probably would never have biological children. And, um, and that was a really hard thing for us. And, and, uh, we were, we were, you know, saddened by that news. Um, but you know, we've been dealing with infertility for a long time and, and it was a real struggle. And, and, um, and so long story short, that was a really hard place. And we started thinking, okay, God, what's next for this season um, in our lives now that we kind of are, are aware of this and we're, we're leaning into it and we're accepting and, uh, and we're asking, okay, God, in this hardship, in this season, what do you have for us? We really felt like he was kind of burdening us towards uh, um, fostering, um, you know, we worked with uh, kiddos who have been trafficked, sex trafficked for a long time. Um, we had a ministry for that, and uh, we've kind of now shut that door, that season of our life off, and we're um, interested in fostering kids that have a hard time getting placement, okay? Um, this, this hurts my heart. We found out a statistic that said that 75% um, of 
LGBTQ um, kiddos in the foster care system that are in evangelical homes get kicked out. They get removed when they come out. It's just absolutely devastating, breaks my heart. Um, and so we, we really felt called to like open our home to kiddos in the foster care system that were having a hard time finding a placement. And um, so we started this journey of looking into foster care and, and becoming foster care parents. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to get a bigger place. So we started looking at houses and, and uh, you know, right now is the absolute worst possible time to buy a house, right? Because everything's crazy inflated. And so we thought, okay, God, this doesn't make sense, but we're going to be obedient and we're going to listen to, um, you know, how you are leading and guiding and directing. And so um, God provided a house. All I can tell you is that um, when we bought this house, our offer was the only offer put in on the house and it's like in perfect shape. And our realtor said she hasn't seen that happen in two years. So we were thinking, okay, God was like, okay, here's your house. And so we said, great. Okay. And, um, and so we're preparing for that, and there's like a bunch of crazy stuff that went along with that. But check this out. So we closed on a Thursday, and on Friday, within 24 hours of closing, we got a phone call from um, a social worker. We're not even licensed, okay? We're not even licensed. And we got a call from a social worker and said, hey, I have a young girl who is... Um, she was born addicted to fentanyl and she, um, needs a, a forever home. And, um, her family recommended you guys and, and said that you might be interested in offering her a home. And so of course we were like, yes. <laughs> and, uh, so I want to introduce you to Sophia. She's the cutest little baby girl ever. Six months old. Um, I do have to be honest, like, so, um, we would love to adopt her, um, but it's going to be a little bit of a road and a little bit of a process before that becomes a possibility. So continue to pray for us. Um, we we uh, gosh, already in love with this little girl. She's she's just beautiful and just a bundle of joy and um, a real blessing. But I want to to um, just share the incredible miracle that this kind of is as God's putting together the pieces. So. Closed on the house on Thursday. It was a house that God flat out just gave to us um, to have a little bit of extra space for foster parenting, right? And within 24 hours, he's like, oh, good. All right. So you got the house I gave you. Here's, you know, your first assignment, you know. And so we're like, man, this is amazing. And so she um, joined our lives and we're in love. And um, here's the crazy part. Okay, so we know the family and her, her mom is unfortunately a victim of trafficking, and, um, and she is just in a really difficult space and dealing with her own issues with substance abuse and things like that. And so we, our hearts are, we would absolutely love to still be able to have mom be a part of her life as, you know, she finds freedom from what she's dealing with and things like that. And so we're, we're like, okay, God, maybe we're just a part of your provision in this baby's life for safety for, the, for this season. And, and, um, but we'd love to adopt her too, and we'll, we'll see what he provides. But here's the cool thing. So um, mom, her name, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say any names. Um, yeah, okay, so her mom is, uh, is dealing with substance abuse and um, couldn't, couldn't um, keep baby with her. And um, 
What's crazy is, you can go ahead and flip to the next slide. So this is her great-grandmother, okay, and her name is Phyllis. Okay, so my wife, when she escaped her traffickers, um, if, if you haven't heard that story yet, um, my wife is a survivor of human trafficking, actually, and as part of our heart for um, this community. And long story short, <clears throat> when my wife escaped her traffickers, she came to, this, to the home of Linda and Jody Dillo. And uh, they're just incredible people, and they basically adopted her. And they're best friends in the world that they have been connected with for like, I'm telling you, like 60 years are these guys, Phyllis and Paul. Paul and Phyllis are their best friends in the whole world, and they've been connected with them for 60 years. Phyllis's great-granddaughter, Sophia, was born, and, and uh, long story short, Jessa's mom held Sophia on the day that she was born. So it's really cool, God's story. Um, it just, we couldn't even make it up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just such a beautiful story. And uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know how God is going to provide and, and allow for adoption. We're hoping that that happens, but at least right now, we are so honored to get to um, just provide a safe space for this precious little one to, uh, to be able to get some safety and some, um, some, some stability and things like that. So that's been my life for the last few weeks. Okay, here's, this, here's the deal. So Sophia comes home and she has really bad cold and we take her to the ER and the doctor says, oh yeah, she's got, this is like a side effect of an addiction to fentanyl and in infants is that they have really bad, um, congestion in their lungs and sinuses, right? Sorry, I almost fell over there. Um, I promise I'm not drunk. <laughs> um, so the, um, the doctor said, look, you've got to clear this stuff out so she can breathe. And they gave us this thing that you literally shove in her nose and the other side of it is a tube and you put your mouth on it and you suck it out. It's the worst. Dude, I'm pretty sure I was more traumatized than Sophia was, okay? And uh, I'm pretty sure that's how I got sick last week was she had a really bad cold or something like that. And I'm using this thing to try to clear her sinuses out. It, yeah, it looked like drug paraphernalia, I'm pretty sure. So um, anyway, I've got all kinds of funny stories already, but um, yeah, anyway. So that's been my life for the last few weeks. It's been really hectic. And, um, and so we moved to Colorado Springs um, to be closer to Jess's parents because they're also getting up there and, and, and we just want to be able to support them in the season and things like that. It's not going to affect my position here um, at all. I'll still be rocking and rolling here and, and excited to continue um, hanging out with you guys. So, but here's the thing. These are some, uh, uh, tonight, just really quickly, um, and I'm going to blast through this. Um, I have five questions for you. Five questions. Um, I heard that success in life is all about asking the right questions. Okay, so you ready for these? <clears throat> First and foremost is what does God want you to do in this next season of life, right? We have fall right around the corner. Um, a lot of you guys are going to be going to school, going back to school, maybe going away, maybe hanging out here still. But what does God want to do in this next season of your life? Okay, maybe you don't feel like you're in a season of transition. That's great. Um, but what I know about transition seasons, either you're, either you're coming out of one or you're going into one or you're already in one. And, uh, and so it's always healthy to be asking, okay, God, what do you want, what do you want to do in my life during this season? What do you have for us in this season? Um, 
Maybe it's school. Maybe it's job change. Maybe you have a, a, you're in a season where you know you're going to be in a new job in, in the near future, and you're thinking through that. Maybe it's even just considering, okay, what is my vocation? What's God calling me to? Maybe it's a relationship that you're trying to think through and really pray through. Is this the right thing for me? Is what does God want you to do in this next season? And sometimes it's kind of hard to answer this question. I'll be honest with you. This is one of the frequent questions that I get from folks um, as they're considering the next seasons in their life is how do I know what God wants me to do, right? And I think that um, God always wants us to know where he wants us to go, right? He always wants us to know where he wants us to go. And, and I think it's one of those things where like if we truly surrender, if we're seeking him, he's going to be faithful to let us know where he wants us in this next season, but maybe we can approach that question a little differently, okay? Um, so I, I lied. I said five questions. There's actually more than five questions, but these are not your highlighted questions. Cool? Okay. All right. Um, where do you see, you, you guys have all heard these. Where do you see yourself in the next three to five to ten years, right? Anybody in here ever made a dream board? Like you made a, a, a board and you put stuff on it and it was like vision vision, visuals of what you see, like you want your future to look like, the person you want to be, the things you want to do. Um, <clears throat> what are you most excited about in this next year? What are you excited about what God's doing in your life and, and the people that he's bringing into your life? I'm like the eternal optimist. My favorite quote is, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind by C.S. Lewis. And, and uh, I always like thinking about, okay, what, what's, what's around the next bend of life? What's, what are the next chapters of my life going to be looking like? <clears throat> okay, what are you most, uh, let's see. Okay, here, here, here's, here's another one of the real questions. Okay, what are the top five most important things in your life? What are the top five most important things in your life? I would love it if you took a moment and in your cell phone, like jotted down what you think if you are like me and it doesn't come like immediately, maybe you take some time to really pray and, and, um, and really uh, think through that. Like what are those things that are most important in life? You see, these questions have been kind of at the forefront of my mind for the last few weeks um, with all of this coming in and, and all the busyness and the, you know, getting sick. And then, gosh, guys, we, we lost some dear um, souls uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and had the opportunity to honor their, their lives here at Crossroads. But that was, that was some heavy stuff. And, and I feel like I'm still grieving that and, and uh, actually maybe just starting to grieve it because, you know, it, it's kind of hard to... Um, be involved in, in the funerals and stuff like that and not be able to grieve, you know. So um, I feel like that's still really fresh. But there's a lot of changes, a lot of things that have come up in the last couple of weeks. And I've been asking a lot, what are the most important things in my life? And the reason for that is because there's a point, and you guys all know this, right? <clears throat> I was in retail management and different businesses and things like that. There's a point where you get more stuff coming at you than what you can handle in a day or a week or a month. And as you're looking at your schedule, that was where when I was in my, my, uh, 
my grad studies, that's where I started to panic was when I was like planning out my week and I would see, okay, class, test, paper, 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 cat, class, test. Oh, work. I got to work in there somewhere too. Uh, oh, and I need to be a husband. And, and like I started planning out my week and I didn't see how it all could fit. That's when I started to panic. Like, okay, how is this, how is this going to work? And you really got to ask yourself, what is most important to me? And, um, you know, it's just crazy how, like, in just a couple of weeks, life can look so completely different than it, it did just a few weeks ago. So um, it may be a, a little bit hard to ask, okay, God, what do you want me to, to do in this next season of my life? But it might be helpful to, you know, flip that perspective a little bit and say, okay, what are the things that are most important to me? That's like the idea of a dream board or like, you know, three to five years, 10 years down the road, where do I want to be? Because those things that are most important, those activities that I have need to line up with that. And um, I'm going to show you something that, um, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to show you really quickly. I, um, read this book a long time ago um, called First Things First, and it really helped me move in the direction that God wants me to be, okay? It's not necessarily like a time management thing. It's more like how can you move toward the person that God's creating you to be? And, uh, and I really got a lot out of this before, and unfortunately, I stopped living it. And uh, if I'm completely honest, if you guys are on the leadership team, you know, like, it's a little chaotic sometimes um, on, on, my, on, my, on my behalf. And, um, and so when all of this happened, I really felt like God was saying, look, I already, I already gave you really, really good tools to do this well. I already gave you really, really, really good tools to do this well. Because as I'm asking, okay, what's most important, I'm having to think of, okay, I need to kind of put some things on the chopping block because at this point my priorities have changed, they've shifted and I need to reevaluate this. And, and, um, and so anyway, I hope this is encouraging to you, but it's by Stephen Covey and his, it's his quadrant activity quadrant. Maybe you've seen this before. Um, but the idea is, um, okay. So it's not, it's not on here, but if you can imagine outside the squares on the top, would these columns going up and down would be uh, what's important on the left. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, important and urgent is the number one box. Okay. Uh, the second box is important, but not urgent. Okay. And the third box, urgent, but not important. And the fourth box is important, not important or urgent. Okay. Um, and this diagram is not the best, but if you can imagine, um, we spend most of our time in box number one, right? The things that are urgent and important, that's where we spend most of our time. And we, we live there, right? We're, um, crisis management or we're, um, getting, we feel like we're super productive. We got the checklist going off. Um, you can see here, demand necessity, daily firefighting, uh, being quick to, um, delegate, but the thing is, is that here's, here's what happens is as we are constantly responding to the things that are urgent, naturally there are going to be, um, in box number three, there are going to be those things that are urgent, but they're not important. 
that come up. Now, here's what happens. Because it's, a, because it's urgent, it, we mistake it as being more important than it is because it's that urgent thing, right? A friend calls or, you know, um, somebody's uh, demanding that you help them or, or whatever, whatever it is. And, and we take it as like super urgent, but maybe it's not totally important, okay? Now, a friend, friend asking for help, that's pretty important, I'll be honest. But you get what I'm saying. So we go from box one, and then we go into box three where we're doing all this busy work. We're, we're putting out fires. We're not really anymore doing, we're not really doing anything anymore that's like super important. Um, and we get totally burned out. This is where we get into burnout. It's when we spend our time in box three because those things that are actually really important to us, they don't get done. And then we totally miss box number two. Box two is where we want to live. That's the goal. Box two is where we want to live because these are the most important things, but they're not urgent. This is your vision for your life, your dreams, your goals, the things that you feel God burdening your heart for that need to be planned, that need to take, maybe you take time to invest in those things and bring them into your life as a reality. We don't even touch them because we're too busy putting out fires. Box number three. And, and we go, and we go, and we go, and we go, and we're putting out all these fires, and we end up getting burned out. And guess what we do? Because we're burned out, because there's things that are important that still need to get done, we just check out. We mentally check out, and we go straight to box four. And then we stay there. Because that is um, escape. It's waste. How many times you feel so stressed out, you hang out in the morning, flipping through your phone, like dreading to go actually do the things you know you have to do. And I think a lot of us get stuck there, or we bounce between three and four, or we spend some time in box one, and then we go to box three, and then we get to box four, but we never get to this number two box, and that's ultimately where we want to live. We want to live there, planning planning, investing in who we are, what, what God has for us in the future. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm rereading the book. Um, again, it's called First Things First. And it's just, it's, it's going back and thinking through, okay, what are the most important things? And here's, here's where I have the last couple of questions for you. Okay, as you're thinking about this and then we'll be done. Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend most of your time? I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you guys. Since Sophia came to live with us, I haven't touched my gaming PC. My priorities changed. Right? So my gaming PC would be what? Uh, quadrant four, wasting my time, basically, checking out because I'm stressed. And then the priorities change. But where do you spend most of your time? Um, Number two, um, who is getting the best version of you? This is huge uh, because, because I, I realize when I um, have too many things going on, when I'm approaching these quadrants in an unhealthy way, when I'm spending my time, you know, <clears throat> and you guys know this, right? You work, 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 or you go to school and you, you have tons of assignments. And by the time you're done, you're so exhausted. You're like, hey, look, 
I just want to veg. I've been there. I've said it. But think about what you're saying. You're saying you literally want to vegetate. You're saying you want to vegetate. That's, that's the definition of box number four, right? And so that's where we go because we're exhausted. Instead of feeling um, excited and fulfilled by, by being able to invest time in that box number two, like the things that are taking us towards our goals. Um, and so I had to really ask myself like, okay, who is getting the best version of me? If I come to work and I'm working hard and that's great because God calls us to excellence. Um, and then if I'm, you know, doing other things, but then in terms of my family, if I, if I go home and I'm just playing video games or something like that, like who's getting the best version of me and who's getting the best version of you. And I hope that as we are thinking about this, that we can think about God, right? God deserves the best version of us, right? And then our families, for sure. The people that we love the most, the people that are in our lives. Um, and then the last question, do you prioritize your schedule or do you schedule your priorities? See, when we ask this question about what's most important in our lives, what we need to do is take action and we need to schedule those things. And this is, this is what I got really good at. And then I let the ball drop over a number of years as I kind of um, stopped really digging into this, this whole idea of first things first. Is I stopped scheduling the things that were most important to me. I stopped putting them on my schedule. Um, and uh, this, I think this is the perfect thing that we can take as a challenge. So write down what's most important to you, those five things. And then tonight, before you go to bed, put something on your schedule that moves you closer to something that's on that list. Put something on your schedule that moves you closer to putting something on that list. Um, now, you're probably all sitting here like, yo, where's the Bible verses? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> this last week, God has really been convicting me about this. And we all know that God calls us to be good stewards of our, our relationships, our resources, our families. And so I think it's pretty easy we could find out the principles that are in God's word where he's calling us and, and urging us to be good stewards, to take time for rest, to um, use our resources and our time wisely and not spend them fr frivolously, right? So... Um, would love to, if, if we have, um, if you're interested in small groups, so during the summer kind of format, we make small groups optional. So after we're done, if you'd like to, we'll totally hang out and we'll talk through this some more because for me, this has been super convicting and I uh, would love to talk more about it. If you want to do that, you can hang out right here with us and we'll jump into a small group. Otherwise, what I'd like to ask you to do is leave the room and then you can go into the gym and, and hang out and then we'll go to Fuzzies a little bit later. Um, at about nine o'clock, but let me just pray for us. Father, thank you for, thank you for this new season and the challenges that it brings and the, um, yeah, just the, uh, the, the challenge of, you know, pushing us outside of our comfort zone. I pray that there are others here who are in a similar season where they're just being pushed outside of their comfort zone and they're asking these questions. What is most important in my life? Father, I pray that you would just help us to answer that question. 
Help us to think deeply about the things that matter most in our lives. And Father, help us to spend our time wisely. Help us to be in a place where we can um, entrust our time to you and your guidance and your wisdom in our lives. So God, we just ask all of these things in your name. Amen.